Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. This conversation's been going on for some time, the idea of a four-day work week. But it really is uh, building some uh, steam. About 13,000 people were asked if we should ditch the five-day work week and do four days with 10-hour days. Right. And almost all of us, like three-quarters, say, yeah, let's do that. I'd go to three days and 12-hour days. <laughs> six to six. <laughs> Monday to Wednesday. We barely worked 12-hour weeks, so oh, I don't know. Month. Um, yeah, and I, I, you know, sure, why not? Most people think they'd be just as productive or more productive. I, I, I Just more smoke breaks uh, on the four-day work week. But, yeah, I don't see why Why not, why we can't go to that. And even, you know, look at it as a 24-hour clock thing. I, I, I really believe... You know, with the way we operate now, you know, it doesn't even have to be daytime hours necessarily, depending on what your business does. If you have clients overseas or whatever, you have people working on the overnight shift. You know, you can have a 24-hour clock, whatever it is, uh, to uh, to make your uh, business operate within those four days. I uh, The one fear I have, there's a couple in this that would kind of hold me back from saying, yeah, go do it. Uh, of course, it sounds fantastic. And, and hard not to be down with the idea. I've heard a couple of companies that what they do is they work a few longer hours in the wintertime mm. and then take Fridays off in the summer. Right. Which tends to make a little more sense to me only because, you know, do you really need Fridays off in February? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> but, um, and there are so many more businesses. We're so connected now and we've learned this now through working from home and all of the emails and online stuff mm. that... You know, is your company really going to shut things down for your day off? Mm. Or are you really, are you still going to be on the hook for checking or expected to check in? And at least, you know, not the idea even now that, you know, the five day work week that you are completely uh, separated from work over the weekend is kind of lost for so many. You know, like Mm. companies still send out emails on Friday afternoons. And expect you to know that information on Monday morning. Yeah, I, I listen. It all depends on, on what you do for a living. You know, there are people who uh, clock in on Monday and uh, clock out Friday afternoon and don't think twice about it over the weekend. And then, yeah, there's others who, you know, it, is it a job or is it a career? Sometimes there's that, you know, thing right. as well, right? I mean, if you're really into it, look, I love what I do. So checking my emails over the weekend or whatever, I don't find it to be a, a hang-up or a problem or anything that gets in my way because my career is just a part of my life, I you know. But there's so many people who feel that that's an obligation that they don't want to have, mm-hmm. right? And my weekend is my weekend. I've worked for it. Sure. You know, stay out of my, my house on the right. weekend. I don't want to have to check my email. Why should I be... You know, why should I have to? Well, you either have to because your employer kind of insists or that's just your own insecurities. Right. You know, if if your employer says, OK, listen, here, here's your uh, workbook. And one of the rules are I need you to check your email at least twice a day, Saturdays and Sundays. OK, you agree to that deal. But if you just do it because you're panicked that your boss is going to be on to you for something that you might have missed. Well, that's you got to figure that out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, it, it listen, it all sounds great. It's just. Even now, is there really an eight-hour workday, or are you know are you expected to still kind of check the uh, check the clock? Do you, do you clock in and clock out? Are are there still that kind of businesses where you clock in, clock out, nine to five, and after five o'clock you're done and there's nothing going on? Or you know, is it almost like when we talked about the highway yesterday? Yeah, okay, the speed limit's 100, but mm. yeah, we'll, we'll creep over that a little bit. 
think a lot of offices now are, well, it's an eight-hour workday, but, you know, we still expect you to check in. Yeah, I I don't know. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I haven't worked in a nine-to-five in quite some time. No, I so. don't know any of this. I, I live in a completely different world. But I just, I would just think that uh, most companies, if they went to this four-day work week, you know, your Friday or Monday, whatever day was deemed to be the third day off, would just be like a Saturday, Sunday. You right. know? It's your day off now. You worked your 10 hours and uh, uh, the four days, and, and you're free to do as you wish. And, and if, you know, if, yeah, again, like this business, okay, it's 24-7. There's always something going on. Maybe there's people in this industry. It's the only industry we understand. So, yeah, maybe there's people who have to check their email on a regular basis because there's ongoing stuff. But there's also a lot of people in this building and in this industry who work Monday to Friday, and they never think about it over the weekend. Right. It all just depends what your job is within these walls. Would you rather have the Friday or the Monday, if that were the option? I'll take a Wednesday. Let's <laughs> <Just> really <laughs> screw it up. There was a vote on the most popular dog breeds. 193 different breeds were in the vote. Okay. And Labs yeah. came out number one. Yeah. Well, there's lots of them. Yeah. Goldens and brown chocolate. Speaking Black of, Labs. Speaking of Golden, Golden Retrievers, number two. Alaskan Malmutes at three. Shetland Sheepdogs at four. Border Collies are number five. All right. At the bottom of the list... The Chinese crested dogs. The Chinese cannot catch a break these days. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that, that, that poor dog, bottom of the list. They, uh, they also tend to dominate in the world's ugliest dog contest. Okay. So it's not a good time for uh, anything Chinese. I do understand, though, the Border Collies are quite upset. They're pulling a Trump. They want a recount. <laughs> they believe the vote was stolen. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Border Collies are stuck behind that wall is the problem. <laughs> That's right. Now, speaking of dogs, um, I think earlier this week or last, we talked about how adults have fewer close friends than they did a couple of decades ago. Uh As you age, your friends either, well, they they move on with their lives or they pass away or whatever happens. We we just don't keep in touch with them. But uh, we take breaks, right? You take time, raise a family, that kind of stuff, and then get back into it. Uh, but many uh, dog owners now say that uh, they don't have a whole lot of human friends, but their dog is one of their best friends. And not just in the generic man's best friend sense. They say, yeah, one of my best friends. Wow. Bold and, play. Yeah, and they say most dog owners say their dog qualifies as a best friend because they're always there. Well, yeah, because they're a dog. <laughs> you see... From the dog's perspective, you're the food. Right. That's all you are to them. They show they love you so much because they just want the food. Uh-huh. If you think in the back of your dog's mind, he's at home while you're out and he's wondering, I hope he or she is okay. I really am concerned about them emotionally. No, mm. they don't care about you. Well, but then you get these stories of dogs who call 911 or dogs who... Uh, like stop traffic because their owner's having a seizure, and, mm. and like, and there are emotional rescue dogs and mm. therapy dogs. Talk uh, about the food. There are uh, dogs that help people who are who are blind or or you know have uh, need help. Like, they really, are, they are an amazing animal. Listen, they would. Uh, they realize if they ran away, they just have to find a new food source. True. They're always there because you feed them. Right. I think it's all about the food. Sure, they learn to do tricks and they learn to walk by your side. But again, it's only because they want the food. Right. They're very selfish that way. 
Others say their dogs are just great companions and very loving. Well, yeah, because they never argue with you. Mm. The great thing about, you know, the, the thing about a dog and why I think so many of us uh, love them is because, you know, we yell and scream at them when we're mad. We get upset with them, but they always bound back. Yes. You know, and so we think, oh, isn't this great? Because other humans won't take your crap the way your dog does. <laughs> It's <laughs> the only reason. This dog is amazing. I can treat it like a big pile of dog poop. Right. And it always comes back. Well, to me. the only problem, maybe the difference being, is that it feels it walks around leading you mm. and you pick up its poop. That's true. So maybe it thinks every now and then, well, I'm the one that's in charge. Yeah. I'm just suggesting if you, uh, if you really believe your dog is your best friend, you need to get out and meet people. I saw yesterday uh, some photos of you at. Uh, Winchester, yes, with your two boys, yes, golfing well, in that heat. Uh, yeah, it was. There was a breeze, mm. so it was uh, wasn't unbearable, but it was hot. I, I, I'm starting to uh, to realize that you you seem to really enjoy this fatherhood thing. You seem to uh, between the hockey and being on the bench and around them all the time for that, then taking them both golfing, not one at a time, and right. then the homeschooling and all of that. You really seem to like spending time with your children. What's that like? Well, well. <laughs> I never, you know, I never really, I mean, I love my boys. But I never really spent or enjoyed spending that much time with them. Let me, uh, let me first clarify a couple of things. One, I mean, don't take the glorified, uh, you know, humble brag social media version <laughs> of what's going on. <laughs> and interpret that oh, okay. to mean all things are rosy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Two, you know, the virtual school, I had nothing mm. to do with. I mean, they, they, they did that on their own. The teachers, uh, to their credit, did a phenomenal job of keeping them occupied and entertained. Mm. So that other than supplying the, uh, the equipment uh, to do it, mm. uh, that wasn't me mm -hmm. either. Um, you know, I, I really subscribed... Uh, to to Jerry D's uh, uh, kind of uh, object of, of relationships, and it's all about points, and uh, and and with family time, mm. it's kind of the same thing, you know, putting in uh, a, a little bit of time on a golf course, which is not really the end of the world for me. No, you love um, it. That's true. You know, uh, in order to buy time and some points for when I want to go on my own and do it. Mm. Uh, is kind of the theory behind it all. Every now and then, take them out, and then when I go out and they complain about it, uh, they can't come, I say, no, 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 I took you already. Yeah, and it, I mean, yeah, it works out good for you because you really love golf. But if there was anything that I even really, really enjoyed doing, if Maria had ever said, why don't you take both Daniel and David and do that with them for a few hours? Right. I would have stomped around like I was one of the kids. <laughs> I got to spend time with them. But, but, but one, a couple of good things. Good thing about golf is is that you can play too, right? Like it's not like I just got to take them and sit and watch as they do it. Right. I get to play as well. Right. And then, and secondly, and thanks to the you know the people at Winchester and Bruce's Golf Awards, it's you know it, it's we're able to do it, and it's not overly expensive to mm. do it as well. You know, golf's not a cheap sport. Uh, to get into, but you, know, you get junior green fees, and and uh, Golf Ontario has their junior uh, first tee program as mm -hmm. well. It helps helps get in a little cheaper than that. Well, between your on ice time with them during hockey and golfing, it it just seems like you spend too much time with those boys. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ariana Grande is doing something nice. She's teamed up with a group called BetterHelp to give away a million dollars in free therapy. Uh, people will be matched up with a licensed therapist for one free month and they'll get a discount off the second month. In an Instagram post, Ariana said, while acknowledging that therapy should not be for a privileged few, but something everyone has access to and acknowledging that this doesn't fix that issue in the long run, I really wanted to do this anyway in hopes of inspiring you to dip a toe in to feel okay asking for help and to hopefully rid your minds of any sort of self-judgment in doing so. So Mm. for her, for putting her... Money where her mouth is. I understand the first person in line, Pete Davidson. <laughs> Still trying to get over her. Well, and she had what an ex that took his life, right? Was that uh... that's right? Some rap artist. Yeah, she recently got married, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff Garland, one of the cast members from um, uh, the Goldbergs, and also uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, thinks that Larry David has one more season left in him. Larry David is turning seventy-four on Friday. And uh, Jeff Garland says that he thinks Larry will maybe do one more season. That's a maybe. He said, Jeff Jeff said that Larry's in every single scene, working every day, having to be there at 6.30 in the morning. I don't know if physically he can do more than that or let's just say another season. Although Jeff said 10 years ago the chances of seeing more seasons were about 50%, and that was three (laughs) seasons ago, so... It is so great, Curb Your Enthusiasm. If you've never watched it, it's just, it's one of those shows where you either love Larry David and his character or you find him the most annoying human being on the planet. Right. Uh, but uh, just the fact that they go in with like a skeleton of an idea for each episode and it's like 90% improv. Yeah. It's just brilliant. And they got a guy out of jail. Remember that story? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that well, documentary on Netflix? One in a million or a long shot. Long or, shot. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. I, I stumbled upon that one day, and then, yeah, I told you about it. It was such a... You see Larry David walking by this guy. He, <laughs> he was charged with murder, but he happened to be at an L.A. Dodgers game that day, right, the when, day of the murder. When they were filming... Well, while they were filming... Enthusiasm. Yeah, like 40,000 people in the stands, <laughs> and his section is the section picked <laughs> to shoot some, uh, some Curb Your Enthusiasm scenes. Yeah, just crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Ed Sheeran and Courtney Cox have been friends since 2013. Whenever he's in L.A., he stays at her house. Wow. And he also uses her Alexa to secretly order X-rated gifts for her. (laughs) (laughs) So great. Uh, He was on with The Late Late Show with James Corden, and he admitted that one time when Courtney left the room, he ordered a gimp mask. (laughs) (laughs) And when it arrived, Courtney had no idea where it came from, so he kept doing it. (laughs) He said, <laughs> oh, that's giving a lot of people yeah. some really bad that's ideas. so terrific. He said, now when I go back there, I order her another gimp mask. She has maybe like 12 of them now. <laughs> I hide them in people's bedrooms so they'll go in the drawer and find a leather S&M mask. He added, she had two people look at her piano to try and buy it. Two absolute strangers going into her house <laughs> that I found out about. So I left a couple of the masks on the piano. <laughs> He is, uh, you know, as much as I'm, I'm not a huge fan of his music, every time I've seen him interviewed or he talks about anything, he's in that Yesterday movie. That yes, movie. yeah. He really seems like a good dude, like yeah, a guy does. you'd want to have pints with. He does. Yeah. And, and just, uh, you know, kind of a normal, yeah. normal guy. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, I guess probably his upbringing, he, you know, when he uh, was growing up, he was kind of always that awkward mm. kid he described, and so... He's just always been kind of very humble in, yeah. in what he's done. Yeah, he seems like a but really incredibly talented, really though. good dude. Yeah. Eight 
out of 10 of us don't allow smoking in our homes. Wow. That's almost double from 20 years ago. In our own homes? Like us smoking in our own homes? Yeah, I guess so. Because I, I think that's true as well of more households where you'll see someone someone who smokes in the house mm. or, or a smoker that lives in a house will not smoke inside their own home. They'll go out back or in the yep. garage or whatever. Stand on the porch. Yeah, I, uh, boy, I gave up that uh, very enjoyable habit many, many decades ago now. Did you? A couple of decades, I guess. Did you have kids when you were smoking? Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you smoke in front of them? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I've seen that as well, where, you know, parents who want to hide it. Oh, it's ridiculous. They can smell it on you, and it's a great uh, learning. I used to crawl into the crib with them and have a dart. <laughs> Daniel and I, we'd, we'd share a dart. Before. You know, he, he was a cranky to go to sleep, so I'd, I'd, I'd give him a Maurier in his bottle. Mm, we um, talked about parenting earlier and yeah. seeing some signs now. Oh, yeah. I remember I had, I had an uncle who would, he would run a million miles to go have a cigarette behind a tree. Right. And he'd come back and you could smell it on him. And his kids, and so they were like older. They would have, you know, they were like 12, 13, whatever. They would have known. Right. Oh, yeah. I have another family member who she always smoked. She, to this day, she won't admit it. She's like a grown woman with her own kids yeah. who are also all growing up. She will not admit that she ever smoked. I know, guy. We call them brutin' butts because, you know, like, basically he will go off and smoke and then douse himself in cheap like, cologne. Oh, jeez. <laughs> to try to and mask it. it. It, just, it smells worse. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I smoked uh, on and off. Uh, well, mostly on from the time I was about 15 or so into my mid-30s. And I tried quitting a few times. But, yeah, I would... Because it was a learning curve, right? I'd say to the boys, I'd say, listen, you know, daddy started something when he was a teenager. I was an idiot for doing it, but everybody, you know, grandma smoked and grandpa smoked. We all did. It was something stupid we did. You can see grandma and grandpa have given it up, but I'm working on giving it up as well. You I know? have friends who started around like 12 or 13, mm-hmm. like grade 7 or 8. Mm-hmm. They were starting to smoke. And I look now and I'm like, I got kids that age. Oh, sure. They couldn't imagine. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you don't see many of them. Like, out of all of Daniel and David's friends, none of them smoke cigarettes that I know of. I mean, they all smoke uh, weed, but they don't They don't smoke cigarettes. Well, so. you see, I, this business is one that, for some reason, has been heavily smokers. I don't know whether or not yeah. people are trying to lower their voices or something, but <laughs> but even the young people who, who work in this industry yeah, are all out be. hanging out smoking. Like, wow. Dark. Yeah, I, I'm a news director I worked with years ago. He he would always suggest that get the rye and cigarettes in you so you can get the gravelly voice. That yeah. was that maybe was the thing we did. In some offices, maybe they just do it to to get the breaks. Perhaps I mean you know I remember we used to smoke in the control room and it'd be like an opium den in there all the time. You know, but uh, yeah, it's if if there is if there was ever something if doctors came out and said you know it's really good for your eyebrow growth. If there was one thing I could find about cigarettes that I could get back to, it's really good for your earlobes. I'd be right back on the dark. So they say it's good for my earlobes. Right. I don't know. Anyhow, yeah, where it's uh, thankfully a, a dying, very slow dying industry, much like the people who continue to smoke. <laughs> um, do you remember the name JonBenet Ramsey? Yes. Yes. Uh, she uh, was How born, long ago now? Uh, well, she was born in 1990. So, And she was, what, five or six? When yeah. So it would have been mid-90s when okay. she died. And they never solved it, right? To this day, it was never solved, I don't believe. No, the, 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 which one passed away? The mom, I think, I think the mom away. died of cancer, I think. Right. Is the dad still was around? I always thought, I thought they always kind of had the finger pointed at the brother. There was some, yeah. Yeah. And, and I know there have been a couple of documentaries about it as mm-hmm. well, too. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an ongoing uh, story. But anyhow, uh, she was born uh, on August 6th, 1990. 
Jennifer Lawrence was born August fifteenth, nineteen ninety. So, Jean-Benet wow. Ramsey would have been a you know a growing woman like Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, at this when stage. you put it in that perspective, yeah, crazy. No, I remember one of the documentaries too. They were talking about some of the like the notes they did, finger writing, uh, fingerprint and, and handwriting yeah. assessments and all sorts of stuff. And but there were still a lot of questions mm-hmm. that, that led to someone outside of the house being. Yeah, crazy uh, story, and certainly shone a light on those. Uh, beauty pageants for children and how right. creepy and weird they can get. Yeah, but then again, there were also cases from, from that around that time, like Elizabeth Smart, where they came back, mm-hmm. right? And right. They, they found them eventually, so it, just an unbelievable, horrible situation. When Sasha Baron Cohen is speaking in Kazakhstanian, or whatever it might be, when he's Borat, yeah. he's actually speaking Hebrew, which huh. is uh, intentionally ironic, since Borat says so many anti-Semitic things, and he says it all in Hebrew. <laughs> That second movie was actually pretty darn good. I, you know, a lot of times it's tough to to do a sequel. Yes, but he did he did a great job on that. When you give it enough time in between, too, sometimes that helps. Mm-hmm. You jump back really quickly with a sequel, yeah, and it's still fresh in everyone's mind. The first one, and Rudy Giuliani, not so much a fan. No, <laughs> no. Half say. of all master's degrees people earn are in business or education, right? Yes, yeah. yeah the MBA is popular. Uh, there have only been 16 people who have ever won the EGOT. That's the uh, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony. But only one person's been nominated for all four and never won a single one. Lynn Redgrave. Ouch. Is that actress? Yeah. Um, Sahara means deserts in Arabic. Okay. So the Sahara Desert is the desert's desert. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, let's talk rabbits and their lovemaking. <laughs> a guy brought 24 wild rabbits to Australia in 1859. I don't know why he did this, but he did. 24 wild rabbits he took to Australia in 1859. They multiplied so fast that in less than 70 years, there were 10 billion of them. Wow. They're reproducing at a rate of 18 to 30 for every single female rabbit per year. And they've tracked it back to one guy? I guess so. Yeah, it's kind of like this whole pandemic. If you think you're insignificant yeah. Yeah. in the world, yeah. you know, either you know, hang out with a bat or carry some rabbits into a country. Now, in this fact, they say every single female rabbit. That means those female rabbits are single and very promiscuous. <laughs> 18 to 30 kids a year, single, you dirty, dirty rabbit. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.